When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. There you have it, Andy. I'm going to have to lob this at you because it's going to be pretty much the rest of the day because Timmy Lammers just joined us too. I just told the people that The Rock is thinking of running for president. And Tevin got a little excited about it, I will tell you that. It's like when Jesse Ventura was our governor. It's like, was he qualified? No, but it was interesting. Yeah, and I've I've done some digging. There is an official, it's not like his website looks like a fan put it together, but it's just DwayneForPresident.com. But yeah, apparently since 2017, he's been kind of mulling over the idea of potentially running for president. I did not know that. Ladies and gentlemen, Timmy Lammers is brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant, bringing you Timmy Lammers. What do you think, Timmy? I think that um, it is a publicity thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I will tell you, if you see the documentary Arnold. Uh, the three-part deal on Netflix. The guy did really have a civic interest in what he was doing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and 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 you really do realize that with that, you know, Ventura. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't think he expected to win, and he was surprised. Uh, the Rock, though, clearly the guy is has always been great at PR, and you know, this is just a publicity thing for him, I would imagine. Wait a minute, Brittany just threw another booger rag on the floor. What was I that did. all about? I had a sneeze attack. <laughs> Thank God I have a mute button, because like sometimes that hits me, man. And I've been trying to be so polite, but um, I'm so sorry. I had a sneeze attack. You see it on the video. I just, it's funny. I was looking at Tim, and you're right above Tim on the screen. Yeah. I'm looking at Tim, and all of a sudden I see this cloth flying through the air. <laughs> I've got a pile here in my closet. Oh, that great. I Another one of the animals in my menagerie, Tom, or something? Yes, yes, exactly. I don't know, yeah, Rock. So- Rock could probably be as good a president as either Trump or Biden, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd get the country motivated, that's for sure. I would think, yeah. Uh, and, and look, I really like the guy. I mean, I know you've interviewed him. I interviewed him once. I mean, he's a terrific guy. People love him, so... Sure. Why not? Why not? Do you think other people in other countries like Xi in China, you think he'd run his mouth to rock if he were president? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Wasn't there a Saturday Night Live skit where when Obama was president, when uh, when he got angry, he turned into the rock? Really? Yeah, it was pretty funny stuff. 
I bet. I bet it was really, really good. So what's happening in your life, Timmy? Well, I tell you what. Um, once in a while, I, I got a movie coming up, and I'm thinking, I do not want to see this at all. What is the fascination with the Hunger Games after four previous films? Yeah. I had no desire or excitement to see this. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by the thing. The prequel... The Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Kind of an unwieldy title. Yeah. But it works. I don't know. We watched the whole uh, the series a few years ago, and it was the first few movies were better than I was expecting. The last one kind of went a little off the rails. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly why I wasn't that excited for this. I'm thinking, you know, again, it's week <coughs> after week. What Hollywood basically tells you, we can't come up with anything new. We pretty much have to, you know, recycle things or reboot things or whatever. And certainly that's the case with this film. Uh, and it actually is very surprising because it's a prequel story and it feels a lot different. No, I suppose that it probably is true. I don't know. Hunger. I've never seen the Hunger Games. You guys seen it? Yeah, uh, I saw the I first one. Mm -hmm. And where it's because that's like Candace Aberdeen, your tribute, Katniss, yeah. Katniss. There we go. And uh, yeah, they run around and kill each other. I read the <laughs> books and I was obsessed. The books were so fun and good. And like, I think what happens in the last one, it kind of happened in Game of Thrones, too, is you don't get to see the progression of the characters. So it feels like kind of a quick switch. Because it happens a lot in movies where it's like they can't show mm. how this person's turning into a different person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels like they kind of jumped the shark. But um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I have trouble with origin stories. So since, since this is a prequel, we know that this main character starts out nice and turns mean. And sometimes I have a hard time just knowing the ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly it, Brittany. I mean, this story is about Coriolanus Snow, played by Donald Sutherland in the original film series. Oh, sure. Now he's an 18-year-old uh, kid, essentially. Mm. I mean, he, is, he is recruited to mentor uh, the female tribute from District 12, uh, Lucy Gray Baird, played by Rachel Zegler. And, you know, Tom, just to give you a quick primer on what The Hunger Games is about, there were districts around... I guess this is the post-apocalyptic United States, right? And, and now the, the, the states are divided into 12 districts, and then there's the country or the state of Panem that governs over all of them. Well, these districts rebelled against Panem. Now, since they lost, to make them pay every year, they take two tributes, as they call them, two people out of each district to battle each other to the death. Oh, the death. Kind of keep them under their thumb, right? So when you get to this one, I think it was like the 70th something Hunger Games, right, Brittany, when the, the, the Jennifer Lawrence film started? I can't remember, but it was high, yeah. At that point, you didn't know a lot of origin. You just kind of knew that brief thing you described, yeah. Right, so what we have with this particular film is it's the 10th Hunger oh. Games. It's relatively new. Okay. And this is what's really cool. You got the guy who directed the last three Hunger Games, Francis Lawrence, who knows how to make these sorts of films. But what he does here is, since it takes place 60 years prior or whatever, it has more of a retro feel to it, which is really cool. And they still are trying to figure out, well, we're trying to attract viewers to these games, right? Yeah. So Coriolanus comes up with these, these ideas to make it marketable. So um, that's sort of interesting. 
and yes, you do see that progression from good to evil, but it isn't like a clear cut, clear cut one event sort of boom, he's bad sort of thing. Yeah. There is a progression there. So this kid, Tom Blythe, or however the old he is, he's really good. Rachel Zegler, um, she's been in the headlines a lot because of Snow White and calling the uh, Prince Charming in the original Snow White cartoon a stalker. Not a good whoa, move. Whoa. Yeah, not a good move. Um, she makes you forget all of that because she is really good. Now, what they do here is they try to showcase her talents as a singer. So she plays a singer musician in the film and the music for the most part fits into the story, but there are times where it feels really awkward, but I will say she is very talented. It's like all these other Hollywood types. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything stupid and we will admire what you do. And I certainly admire what she does in this film. How old is she? Because I think she's 20. Well, she played Maria she's, in West yeah. Story. 22. Yeah. She's 22. So she's relatively young. I don't know how old this Tom Blythe guy is. But, you know, this is Rachel Zegler's maybe second or third film. Um, and she's, again, she's really good. And <laughs> Disney in its, uh, wisely pushed the Snow White release back to 2025. So that's a good thing. I... I actually feel bad for her because I'm sure like among circles she's in that joke was fine. And there's a lot of things like I don't think she was ever ready for the press. And it feels like now the Hunger Games, when they've been doing the press, she's been really coached. They're like, you have to say this. You have to say this. Don't say this. I kind of feel bad when people are so young because that's young. I said I still say dumb things, but like definitely I said dumb things in my 20s. People sure jumped I, People, when it comes to classic Disney's, if anybody mentions anything, like, yeah, the the leading men were exactly stand-up guys all the time, you know, kissing people while they're sleeping on Snow White isn't exactly ideal. Um, right. Like, is so, that, she called him a stalker? And that's what everybody's upset about? Yes. Well, and that and other things. She was oh, complaining okay. about how the original story was dated and the prince doesn't save Snow White in this movie. I mean... He was basically crapping all over the original, and it was a very, very stupid idea. It was a red carpet situation where, you know, and you're right, Brittany. She's young. She says stupid things. I mean, I just kind of look at her. I wasn't angry about it, but I just yeah. kind of think, you know, you're really coming off as a smug pain in the ass. I just want to go on the record, though, Tim. If I am in a coma, nobody should kiss me. Like that's, <laughs> Why not? I just feel right. strongly about that one aspect of my life. Here's yeah. what I don't understand. Kissing is a sign of affection. It's not necessarily sexual. No, if I'm in a coma, like, just, yeah, I, give you can't me a just, hug. You can't just wake him up. You can't just roll up to the hospital and go around kissing everybody that's, that's in a coma. If she's <laughs> no white, you can. <laughs> you know, could you imagine if social media were around back then? There'd be people like purposefully kissing comatose patients. Yeah. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Like, 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 I guess that's the question is like, did he know that the kiss would wake her or was he just like, you know, it was saw some unconscious yeah. woman? Yeah. yeah. No, he was I, I don't know if us. he knew that. That's a good question because he's just going it, around. That he, like, has, like a tendencies for necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, we're going to find all Necro. of this out when the, yeah, the next yeah. Snow White movie, the live that action was comes very out. Very close. 2025 for that one but you know what this movie made me forget about her being a smug pain in the ass oh good that's good, that's good. That's, why are these people employed 
you know, they're, they're really good at what they do. They should be, especially in a high-profile movie like this. So, uh, yeah, she did, you know, the talent sh shown through, right? I mean, she is a hell of a singer. And she goes more with a country music approach throughout this film. And it's really good. I mean, it's the sort of stuff I might, I don't know if I'd buy it, but it's kind of like if it came on the radio, I wouldn't switch away. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. She's a very, very talented performer. So it's a good thing that this film came out to take the heat off of her. So, but yeah, overall, look, Tom, two hours and 37 minutes. Oh, God. That's way too long. Why? <laughs> Why do they have to keep doing this? I didn't. Jeez. It didn't. It didn't. You know what, though? It didn't matter to me this time. Oh, really? Okay. Normally it does. But again, maybe because I was so, can I say the word gobsmacked? Gobsmacked. I, I like gobsmacked. <laughs> Brittany does not approve of the gobsmacked. Brittany's no, head sneeze. just came off. Yeah, she's <laughs> gobsmacked. She just gobsmacked into. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got that windstorm yesterday. You have allergies. Not a good time yeah, to be alive. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So I, I was so taken aback by how good this movie really is. See, because the way I was approaching it was, you know, the, the, the original Hunger Games in 2012, it was Hunger Games mania. Yeah. Cast, they were doing mall tours. They came to the Mall of America. I interviewed Jennifer really? Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson, all these folks in person. People were treating them like rock stars. It was insane. And it's like, I'm not feeling any of this anticipation mm -hmm. and you know right now the, the 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 numbers or predictions are around 50 million honestly i don't know how much the original hunger games opened at probably a lot more the problem is with these productions they get to be so damn expensive that they did a smart thing with the end of this film it could end properly with it or it could be it could open a door for more so it's not like an entire cliffhanger. I think they have to act that way because they just can't assume they're going to give us another $250 million to make another picture. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I've never seen one, and I'm never going to see one. I just don't care for that stuff. Well, and the truth of the matter is, it, they are decent movies. I think oh, everybody okay. who has seen them would agree. Andy, you were mm -hmm. talking about them. Yeah, I mean, and, and Kevin, you said you only saw the first one. Officer Dave. Never seen one. Cat. Never seen one. <clears throat> no, it's very much a millennial movie. Oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, they're good. I wouldn't call it an appointment or hey, we need to go see this on opening weekend. At least for me, personally. yeah. I mean, I don't really like. I like I said, we watched all the movies. I can't name any character that isn't Katniss. I really couldn't tell you exactly what happened, aside from the broad strokes. So I'm not exactly clamoring for a backstory to a character that I didn't know existed. Yeah, and well, one movie that one of our listeners messaged in, and they are clamoring for, they want to know, Jeff wants to know if you have any insight on the new Wonka movie that's coming out. We're doing another, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's out. Andy's out. Back to Tim's uh, point, there's, they're just going to remake and remake over and yeah, over forever. It's, it's wash, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is on that kick, and they've been on that kick for years. What I will say, I haven't seen it yet. But uh, first of all, I think Timothy Chalamet is a decent actor. I think he's overrated, though. That's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. I think they make way too much of him. But the first trailer was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. So I really don't know. And, and this is probably a good thing because, again, I wasn't looking forward to the Hunger Games, the new one. 
and I was pleasantly surprised. To go in with that underwhelming sense with no expectations is probably a good thing for me and for everybody else that has that feeling, you know, going into Wonka as well. We'll find out. It's December 15th that yeah. that opens. No, I saw a trailer for a movie coming out. It's not till March, which sucks, but Fall Guy, the Ryan Gosling movie, looks actually pretty decent, I think. It's like this action. He's the, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with it, where he's the stunt yeah. man on a show. So it's movie. a remake of the Fall Guy TV show with Lee Majors? <laughs> when you put it like that, it doesn't sound as exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm a, I grew up in the 80s. I was watching that show, loving that show when it was on. There you go. Yeah, so uh, I, I looked up the budget for the original Hunger Games. Uh, that was $80 million and they made 677 worldwide so obviously that justified they the plans were in motion they were going to make a lot of those movies in fact they did the uh, hunger games cash grab at the end by splitting the last book into two and that's where that trend i think either it began with harry potter or that one but they took advantage of that and again this one i think the, the uh future is uncertain i have a question for you yeah Movie theaters are having a real hard time getting people to come back because they were, didn't go during COVID, obviously. They're having a really hard time getting people back in the seats. And I think it's because most of the movies that come out now suck. You think that's part of it? And I think it is true. I mean, and, and you know, when they used to depend on these Marvel movies, the Marvels, which opened last week, uh, lowest opening of all 33 yeah. Marvel movies. Yep. There's 33? That's <laughs> why. Yeah. That right there is why. It's true. <clears throat> yeah, that is true. Now, okay, the production budget for this one's $100 million. If it opens at 50, of course, you got to remember uh, the, the studio only takes studio takes only so much of the tickets, and then uh, you have marketing. But, you know, this one will probably at least break even. I, it, it looks like a it looks more expensive than it actually is. I mean, this thing is really, I will say, a beautiful movie to look at. The production design, all that sort of stuff that I normally don't get into, I, that all kind of adds up and it helps you get into a film. And I think that's why, because again, I noted that retro look that it had. I just thought it was cool. It felt a little different than the other Hunger Games, which is what you really needed. You didn't need a wash, rinse, and repeat entirely with this. You needed something different, and I got it, I think, with this one. No, I did like uh, the uh, latest Hercule Poirot movie. That was good. Yeah. And there was and one other know, one. And the thing is, that it's not even one. that The whole thing with those, Kenneth Branagh did all of those, and yeah. plays Hercule, is that they're separate Agatha Christie mysteries. Yeah. Yep. You know, so basically you take Hercule in this one with a huge ensemble cast. You plug him into number two, huge cast, plug him into three. You know, it's it's a different thing. And it's not a story necessarily to move along. Yes, and I think yeah. that one is streaming on, it might be Peacock. Yeah. Or Hulu, one of the two already. So if you haven't seen that one, that is a great movie. It it's is a lot a very, of fun. Yeah, it is a very, very. So there are some movies that come out that are good. We finally waited. Uh, we never saw Sound of Freedom in the theaters. Waited till it came out. Great movie. Really, really good movie. Yeah. Uh, but those are about the only two I can think of that were any good recently. Is there, is there something that sticks out in your heads? Well, I mean, it has been a, a really rough year for the yeah, box office. Yeah, I, I think the whole idea of getting people back into the theaters, it, it, I think we're past that 
pandemic lull, you know. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, because of the strike, some stuff was pushed off into 2024. Uh, but that was, it was interesting because for a Hollywood trade to quote that film as one of the films that saved Hollywood over the summer is pretty amazing because that made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, for made, made for 14 million, made over 200 something. It beat, it beat Mission Impossible. It beat Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know, it, it was it really did remarkably well. Um, I think one film that is going to be worth seeing uh, if you didn't see it in theaters that's coming out that didn't get a fair shake is Indiana Jones. Oh, really? Be able to stream it on Disney Plus uh, December 1st or something like that. And I think it'll come out on home video around that uh, time as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I mean, the whole thing with movies is, is that it's just not original anymore. You don't get no. anything that's original. Yeah. You used to go when I was a, a younger boy and I was like, my God, I've never seen anything like that. Although that was the same era. I got very, very pissed off going to the movies. I was, I believe 10 years old. I went to the Broadway theater in North Minneapolis to see the movie girls, girls, girls with Elvis Presley. <laughs> Five minutes in, I went, I ain't ever going to be that good looking. <laughs> that was one handsome boy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, handsome <laughs> devil. And actually, you know, that, we talked about Priscilla. That's always an option, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there are films coming out. One thing I, I have to point out, I almost forgot to mention this. You know, you have Rachel Ziegler and this Tom Blythe kid in this movie, but Peter Dinklage and Viola yeah, Davis. Yep. God, are they great actors. Yeah, they are. You know, and they really do. They're like the two villainous people in this. You know, Coriolanus becomes the villain, but Peter Dinklage is so damn good. And you know what? I never watched Game of Thrones, so I couldn't tell you how no. good he was in that. No. The first time I saw him when he was in a movie called The Station Agent a long time ago. And uh, I knew from way back then, it was a movie with Bobby Cannavale and somebody else. I like um, him too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, terrific I actors. Do. I and like I, him. I, Bobby Cannavale a couple of years ago, he says him and Dinklage are still friends from this. Um, Michelle Williams is in it as well, but there's mm. one other uh, actor in it that's very, very well known. But yeah, I mean, so I knew Viola Davis could knock it out of the park since I didn't see uh, Peter Dinklage in this. I saw him and there was a Cyrano de Bergerac sort of movie uh, a year or two ago that I saw him and he was good, but he's really good in this movie. So, uh, you know, 7.5 out of 10 on the Lama meter for this. You know, I got to knock it off. Uh, you know, the originality isn't completely there. The Rachel Zegler singing, yeah, we're, we want to showcase her, but there's some parts it's like, should she really be singing here? It doesn't make any sense. But, again, she's a hell of a talent, man. Nothing wrong with seeing talent there, no doubt. Well, you mentioned about four or five people in a row there had a lot of very talented people. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know what, I'm okay with seeing stuff that I've seen before as long as they... It's done well. And this is done well. I mean, you, there's, no, there's no way you can deny that. Yep. No question. I got to ask you a question about something. And you might not. And maybe I've asked you this before, and it makes no sense to me. But, you know, the original Untouchables, the Elliot Ness with uh, Robert Stack? Yes. That is not available anywhere. I got lucky and found a box set of the entire series a couple of years ago. But why is that not available on streaming? The streamers, it used to be Boomtown during the pandemic. Yeah. And, and people started going back to theaters. The proliferation of streaming availabilities happened. 
and now streamers are starting to cut their budgets, which yeah. means licensing certain programs. So all of a sudden, who'd ever thought that DVDs and Blu-rays become cool again? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's probably the reason why. Uh, I can't say that for sure, but yeah, I mean, it just gets to the point where stuff is just too expensive for streamers that are really in the red to license. So they got to cut back somewhere. So they probably figure, ah, Untouchables, who's going to miss that? That's probably why. But it was a terrific show. A lot of real talent in it. I know, I know. I have to get running. uh, But uh, yeah, again, uh, 7.5 for uh, The Hunger Games. The ballad. I'd love to hear your trailer voice say it. The ballad of songbirds and snakes. All right. Send me the check and I'll get back to you. (laughs) You can go to Fiverr.com. There is a movie called The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti where they actually do have a voiceover on the trailer. It's like a throwback. Oh, well. We're bringing it back, huh? Yeah, they bring it back. Check that out. All right. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk next Wednesday because of the Thanksgiving holiday. All right, Timmy, sounds good. Thank you, sir. See ya. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw this headline. I have just clicked on this. I don't know what it's about, but it's really weird. What was the best decade for radio? Many Americans say right now. Radio listenership is the lowest it's ever been. I will say they probably lump podcast in with radio. Oh, well, yeah, see, there you go. That might be the point. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, we don't know our own. What does that say? We don't. We don't. Oh, it says horn. Got it. Didn't look. We don't toot our own horn a lot. Thankfully, a random sampling of a thousand Americans just did it for us. Someone asked people to name the best decade for radio, and it's basically a three-way between the seventies, eighties, and right now. So basically, when I was a kid. So when you were a kid, yeah. and when I was when I was. Well, no, I mean 19. the people who are answering. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, 70s, 80s tied for first, but the 2020s finished a single percentage point behind. The poll asked people to name the top decade for other things. So they don't say why radio is the best it's ever been, just that it is. Best decade for radio is probably the 1930s. I would have to have to agree with that 100%. Before, before World War II. Before World War II and yep. before TV, people just right. sat around the radio. Yep. Right. Because yeah. if you wanted to be an entertainer, you didn't have the radio. option to be yep. TV star. You don't yep. have to be radio. That's right. Movies, I don't think, uh, I mean, they existed, but they weren't really that big of a thing yet. Okay, let's see if you agree with the other one. So they say radio is the best it's ever been, or at least one point behind. Uh, best music, the 1980s got the most votes. No. 70s were better. 70s I think. were better, yeah. When and you were 60s. a kid, you mean? Well, in the 60s, mm. the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, I mean, it's pretty hard to hold back the 60s, I would think. But the, that was the mid to late 60s, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yep. so and then every, during the 70s, you had all those great rhythm and blues bands that were just, you know, Atlanta Rhythm, rhythm Section and all those that were just coming out with these phenomenal songs. Brittany, I'm curious, because mm. you made a face, Where where is your best music? <clears throat> Well, I definitely wouldn't say the 80s. The 80s are probably my least favorite fashion music. And I get it. It's like fun. But Mm -hmm. the 80s, their music compared to the 70s and 60s, like 70s and 60s concentrated on the artists. The Mm -hmm. 80s started getting kind of zany with their music. Yeah, corny. Yeah. Yeah. And like leaning away from talent and more personality, which is fun. But I wouldn't say puts them in the best music category. Well, but is this... Is this best music or is it because the question is like best decade for radio, but 
What does but that now, mean? But now this says best music, the 80s got the most votes. Mm -hmm. Best movies, also the 80s. Best TV, the 2020s. Followed by the 1990s, the best books, 1940s or earlier. What? Best fashion, 2020s. Wow. Uh, best food right now got three times more votes than any other decade. Well, I, I would agree yeah. with the food one. Yeah, the food one I would have to agree. There's more yeah. options, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like it's largely better. So why did why does this, the people who answered this survey, why do they think the 80s was the best decade for almost everything except for books and fashion? Because they were born in the mid-1960s. Yeah, I was going to say, I would be curious to see the age of the people voting. Because I guarantee you it's a one-to-one -one correlation. It doesn't say, though. That's kind of weird yeah. that they wouldn't say that. Because if you I ask wouldn't... me, I'd be like, oh, the early 2000s, that was the best yeah. music best tv because it's yeah, of course the world yeah, was your, your right. real host yeah, yeah that's the world I know. was at its best when we were kids first yeah. off i want to know people who voted on the boat the books mm -hmm. like i never know what year most things i'm reading are <laughs> no, anyways that's true but yeah. like what was it about the 1940s literature that you're going this is the best well, decade? Was, and i'm not it saying it was it's pre 40s not. right no, it's it says the 1940s the 1940s yeah specifically earlier. the 40s uh, for the books, yes, the 19... Oh, it says 1940s or earlier, yeah, so you're you both go. right. Yeah. So it's basically just new books suck, is what they're saying. Well, but Let's you see, have 1940s, to... we got 1984, For Whom the Bell Tolls, oh. Good Night Moon, huh? Brideshead I Revisited. I hate Good Night Moon. I cry me. every time I had to read that book to my kids. Good Night Moon. I cry because of why is that old lady That's in not a Good room. Night Moon. That's I Love You Forever. No, no. Good Night Moon is the one where they like say good night to everybody. Yeah, right? just like oh, good night yeah, moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Good Night Moon I'm is mixed. that weird bunny lady they put <clears throat> in her the room with the kid, and there's like food sitting out. It's like a weird vibe. I don't. It's like very good surrealistic. Night yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to remember though, in the 1940s, you had people like J.D. Salinger, and I could go on and on and on. Phenomenal authors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fountainhead, Stuart Little. Uh, let's see, Animal Wait, Farm. Yeah, Stuart Animal Little, Farm. like the little mouse. Yeah, yeah. Was written Animal in the Farm. Curious Curious George. Jeez. Yeah, actually, a lot of really, really popular books see? were written in the forties. Yeah. Right Good for the forties. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why can't your 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 time? The people like you and Brittany, you cannot be happy for anybody else. I just said good for the 40s. No, with that smile on your face, smart-ass <laughs> smile. Good for, good the, 40s. for the 40s. Well, I could, I, could be, I could be like you and go like, all oh, rap music sucks that's ever been made. So they, I give the 40s props. Okay, I, when was The Great Gatsby written? Because that's like We were talking about something else here. I don't know if you noticed 40s. that or not. No, no I was going to say, I'm going to go on a... Go ahead, Brittany. It was 25, so that's old. I, yeah. I'm just surprised that that's not what people pick because most people, that's like the most read book where they go, that's my favorite book with people who don't read a lot because it's mm -hmm. a nice book yeah. to get into. Which one's that? The Great Gatsby. So Great like, Gatsby is a good I'm book, not yeah. saying the best books are written right now. I'm just surprised 1940s was picked. That's all. I was Very specific. I was just about to tell Tevin to get the hell out of the studio after that wise ass, <laughs> and then you trampled me, and I didn't get a chance to. Sorry. You see oh, what I'm saying? Also, I think the style of books has kind of changed, where in the past it was pre predominantly all stories and or whatever, and now it's more memoirs and listen to how great yeah. my life biography is. Yeah. And so more me now. Yep. Yep. Biographies are like half of what gets put out now. It's all like right. celebrities. And especially, it's like celebrities in their 50s whose 
you know, they've still got life left. So it's yep. like, why are you writing a memoir? I'm just really glad you didn't say some life left as a 55-year-old. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that. And I we have to go to break. But into break, I would like to point out, I hate rap because it destroyed the R&B market. That's why I hate it. I love R&B music. There's there's still, there's some good R&B music out right now. We'll you I'll put dig you on deep to find no, it. No, look up like some SZA. Yeah, SZA. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She's about okay, to win good. album of the year. All right, all right. Oh, the SZA. SZA. Yep. Her Sean. name is SZA. Yeah. Well, they're running out of names. You got to be creative. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be creative. It sounds days. like she's running out of letters. Well, yes, exactly. Three left. Very good point. Uh, by the way, Timmy Lammers is brought to you by Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers. Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured, as a matter of fact. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. The lovely and talented Kristen Burt will come and break this whole thing up. Who's better, SZA or rap music? We're going to find out next. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Tom here, and I just read a success story from MN Fat Loss client Elizabeth, who just completed the program. Elizabeth writes, I'm a 54-year-old woman who has struggled with losing weight. I had almost constant heartburn, trouble sleeping, brain fog. I tried counting calories, eating bars and shakes, and several other programs in which I would lose 5 to 10 pounds after months of struggling. After 60 days of the MN Fat Loss program, I was down 25 pounds. MN Fat Loss had really empowered me to believe that I can control my eating and my weight without having to sacrifice foods that I like. If you're thinking about finally committing to improving your health, this is the time to start. You won't regret your investment in yourself. It's so easy to see if MN Fat Loss is a good fit for you. They offer a free phone consultation to learn about the program. They also have virtual options to help you if you live far away, which I think is a brilliant idea. To schedule that free phone consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. The only thing you have to lose is that unwanted weight. That's www.mnfatloss.com. I cannot wait to hear about your success story. And please let them know that Tom sent you. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day 
while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The new Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. You know, you're not supposed to be drinking alcohol while you're on this show. I'd like to point it it's out. It's a tangerine lacroix. Oh, I love tangerine lacroix. Their stuff is really good. It's so good. How about the coconut? You drink the coconut? I don't. I haven't oh, tried it. God. Is it delicious? Brittany. It's so good. But are you and I just addicted to coconut, Tom? Because that's you what, the buy we like. You and me will be together eternally. I don't know. I do love coconut. That is true. You're right. I can go with an almond joy, a mounds. I'm good to go. And I just don't understand people who don't like those. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Some See? people who, with the coconut stuff. I have been informed at our house that they are drinking suntan lotion and they would like me to never bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) I think coconuts like cilantro. It's a palate thing. Either people love it or they hate it. I mean, I love coconut. I just haven't tried the the LaCroix version of it. It's good. But it's not in the, I don't think it's in the Costco pack. That's probably why. Mm, I don't think it is. I think you're right. I don't think it is in there. I do have to ask you about this, Kristen Burt. David Letterman's coming back to the Late Show for a visit. Yes, What's that is. all about? He's just stopping by, visiting uh, Stephen Colbert, seeing how his studio's going. Has <laughs> he still got the beard? And the, is he still looking like an imam? He looks like a mountain man. Yeah, he does look like a mountain <laughs> man. That is true. And by the way, he's not a mountain man, but you know, he's trying to get that get that idea going. That's the, so. When's he going to be on? Um, the twentieth. So is that Monday? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure get Monday. He's going to be on Monday night with Stephen Colbert. And the first time he's been on since he retired. You're right. He's not yep. been on his own show. So Did- that might be, see, every once in a while, the late night shows give us a reason to watch or at least watch the clip the next morning. Well, and in my case, they gave me two reasons to not watch. Both uh, Stephen Colbert uh-huh. and David Letterman, because I've never liked either one of them. Oh, I used to love David Letterman. He used to make me laugh. I even remember watching, remember when he was having an affair with one of his, one of his staff members oh, yeah. and then he was talking about being blackmailed and we're all watching this unfold during his monologue and you're like, everyone was like laughing uncomfortably mm-hmm. thinking that this is leading up to a big joke mm. and no, he's revealing that he was extorted 
for an affair that he's having with right. someone who came up through the intern ranks at the uh, Late Show. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. You know, I can't even hear monologue when somebody laughs like this. <laughs> I can't even listen to it. They all do that. I, I know they do. I think it's an awkward device. Instead yeah, of saying yeah. like, um, or, you know, that yeah. type of like give a momentary pause, they mm -hmm. do their own little laugh just to give them a beat. Which is the one who did the uh, psychic letter reading thing? Carson. That was Carson? I think so, yeah. All right, then Carson is the most recent one I'm familiar with. So that tells you how <laughs> tuned in I am to that circuit. Carnac, yeah. the Magnificent. Andy yeah, was it Car... Car what was Karnak. it? Karnak. 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 Indeed. And, and <laughs> the greatest thing is Ed McMahon to go, I got another question for you here. That whole, those two worked together so well, it was unbelievable. His laugh was iconic. He it goes, was. Huh, 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 he used to come on all the time. He, every time he came on the morning, she'd go, here's Tommy. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. That's amazing. It was very who sweet. are you? I have no idea who the hell I am. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I think it's a good idea for, for David Letterman to come back. Is that, well, all those talk shows don't do well anymore. Not one of them does anything anymore. Yeah, but they still they still hold a value. I think as we spoke about the other day, it's, yeah. you don't go and cancel the Tonight Show. You don't cancel the Late right, Show. Right. Um, they're legacy shows. They still deliver moments virally that that resonate on social media, and it still brings in enough advertising dollars to keep it on the air versus canceling it. Because as we know, if you all of a sudden go, we're just going to cancel the Tonight Show. What are you putting on in yeah. that hour? Yeah. Because there's still a built-in audience that is going to watch it, even if it's millions and millions of less people than it was 20 years ago, you still have a guaranteed audience. Well, there used to be talk shows on like that uh, that started at about noon and got over every night at midnight. There were talk shows on all day long for a while. Was it, uh, talk uh, shows, soap operas. I yeah. mean, even daytime has changed tremendously. Oh, absolutely. It's changed a lot. I was trying, what's the guy's name? He was kind of a... Soft-spoken guy. He's the one who said to Muhammad Ali. Uh, Phil boy, Donahue? Was it Phil Donahue? No, it wasn't Phil Donahue. Tom Snyder? Or no, it wasn't him either. Dick Cavett or those guys. Those guys had was those talks. Was it Dick Cavett? Had those long... I remember Muhammad being on the Dick Cavett show. So that was that the one where where he had been... Uh, he broke. Uh, Ken Norton broke his jaw? What about Merv mm. Griffin? No, it wasn't Merv Griffin. But he came on, and I'll never forget this, because the host said to Muhammad Ali, I've got to be honest with you. Boy, I don't know. If I had gotten hit that hard, I, I'd probably uh, still be knocked out. And Muhammad Ali looks at him and goes, if he hit you that hard, your beneficiaries will still be collecting. <laughs> In other words, it would have killed you. That, yeah, well, that might have been Dick Cavett. I think it was Dick Cavett. But I used to love watching talk talk television, but people just don't care for that anymore. I don't know why, but they don't. Well, the, good, the ones now are not very good. That's one reason. Well, Kelly Clarkson does very well. Drew Barrymore does very well oh, in that okay. space. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just changed because you have to remember when a lot of these, when, when soap operas were popular, when daytime talk shows were popular, it was women who were working inside the home full time keeping a lot of these shows on the air. When oh, we yeah. started working outside the home, it changed the face of daytime and what people are asking for. And that's why it's mostly news throughout the day. Yeah. That's what it is now. Is it really news or is it my opinion on what the news should be? Because, boy, it's gotten way left and way right. 
Well, well, LA, it's it's mostly just local news. They they just yeah, do extended broadcasts. Um, and you know they cut in every once in a while with a high speed chase, really known as a low speed chase <laughs> on the freeways. In LA, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and actually, this is funny. Um, Pluto TV, which is one of you know the free um, television networks out there that you can get that are streaming, um, they have a, an official car chase channel now. Oh my and God. you can watch classic car chases. I'm sure most of them are from Los Angeles. And if there's something exciting happening, like in LA, they will cut in with a live feed now. So was that inspired for anyone by who's addicted to that? Was that inspired by OJ? That. Yeah, you could watch the OJ one. I'm sure that's going to be on there at a certain point. Mm. Yeah. No, the fact that they're televising every chase now. They do because, and some of these people are so stupid. You know, they will <laughs> sit there and they'll pull over and then they'll try and jump a fence. Oh, and you're like, God. Oh, yeah. And in LA, I'm like, people, their backyards. It's not just like extensive woods in their backyards. You run into a cement wall, yeah. guaranteed. And my favorite is when you see them get out of the car and start running. And there's always this one cop. Have you ever seen uh, Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles? <laughs> when the Terminator is doing that like straight fingered run where he's running like 60 miles an hour there's always one cop who can do that <laughs> what britney's doing <laughs> yeah exactly it was exactly never me i would throw the car the at the guy run. you weren't the you weren't the runner oh no you know that look I at me andy come on <laughs> yeah there you go yo christian it's interesting you brought that up i have never seen an episode of baywatch i haven't either is it good no, it was never good, but it was so campy. <laughs> it was yeah. I mean, good. even if you just watch a clip on YouTube, mm -hmm. it, I mean, the certain beach that the lifeguards watch, it's the most dangerous beach you've ever been to. And it's always like super packed. You're like, why would you go there if you're getting eaten by a shark and drowning mm -hmm. all on the same day? Mm -hmm. Like every single day. Um, but it was a great excuse to put a lot of hot women yeah. and guys yeah. with like rock solid bodies in tiny bathing suits. And they custom built each swimsuit to well, each lady so it had like you know if you were someone with long legs your one piece is going to go up to here if you were pamela anderson with very big boobs it's going to cut down to here so they were really smart with how they they marketed that show yeah, but you didn't have to mention all four of the guys on the show with the rock hard bodies you know you, you didn't have to bring us up yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, leave our swimsuits alone. leave our swimsuits alone i need one of those one piece suits like they used to wear in what the 30s or something the guys came all the way up to yeah. here yeah. all the way down to your knee yeah. you know do they sell long you know sleeves it's better not to be out in the sun anyway so just be like it's sun yes. protection that is true mm -hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I always wear a rash guard because I burn so easily. I would say that Baywatch is the most dangerous beach, and then the murder she wrote town is mm. the most deadly town because it was supposed to be a small town, and like once a week, at least one person died. Murder. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, same with um, if you watch Days of Our Lives, Salem, everyone dies, but they're supernatural, so you always come back. Nice. Mm -hmm. If you're going to say that, you have to say it like Fred Sanford. Okay. Which one? I think you're the only one that knows how <laughs> I Fred Sanford would start. I know exactly. He knows exactly what I'm talking yep. about. Okay, you don't know what Fred Sanford, how he handled that? Every time his son Lamont came home, he'd go, what are you watching, Pop? He'd go, days of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> he just loved that. Uh, Kristen, obviously you being out in L.A., we talked about it earlier, like two questions. One, should we be canceling Diddy, or how much trouble is Diddy going to be mm. getting in with the whole Cassie ordeal that's going on and then two is the rock going to be running for president 
Okay, I'll start with Diddy um, because there is an official criminal investigation going on in New York. So what did he do? That has been confirmed by TMZ. They have not said if it is related to Cassie's allegations in the civil suit, but I will say that uh, several other women have come forward. His history, his alleged history um, of domestic violence is something that has been talked about behind the scenes in the music industry. Um, uh, a lot of people, Aubrey O'Day came forward. She worked with him on making the band and she said, I'm glad this is finally coming to light. I've talked about it for years. No one's believed me because Aubrey O'Day is an outlandish personality. Mm-hmm. And um, until other people come forward, you realize that she's been speaking the truth the whole time, most likely. Yeah. So we will see what happens. But he is in a lot of trouble. And I read the 35-page um, document. Jesus. And it is very specific <laughs> I would say anyone who goes to take a look at it, it's a major trigger warning for anyone who's been a victim of domestic violence or abuse because it is so detailed. It's not just something you randomly make up as a creative writing exercise. Let's just put it that way. Now I get to be Tevin now and go, who the hell is that? Did he, you also known, aka Puff Daddy, aka Sean Combs, aka. Oh, Sean Combs, I know who that is. Yeah, so (laughs) one of his artists that he was supposed to be mentoring and kind of signing to his label, Cassie, who's an RB artist, and she was, I don't know how old he was at the time. She was 19. She was 19. This began. And she essentially came out recently and said that uh, he had like would drug her and rape her and all of this. Jesus. Also traffic her. He was trafficking her, trafficking her to other men. Um, And it it seems that the, this is my hero. Don't put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Chris. I had to make sure. Alleged trafficking. um, It seems to be a well-known secret about Diddy. Yeah. Unfortunately. I just don't understand. These, now, doesn't Sean Combs have hundreds of millions of dollars? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a power thing. deserved. And the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's was a good producer, but he's not known for his ability to oh, rap or sing. Or well, his whole, like, like he made his debut basically just poorly rapping over other people's songs. Yeah, his most famous oh, really? song, I would say, is the uh, one he did with Not- when Notorious B.I.G. died. But the national I'll anthem? be watching you. Or I'll be watching you. Yeah, I like that one. I, so, I remember my friend playing this, and I was like, "So wait, he didn't write the song? No, he just he's sang just it. talking while the song plays." And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, this doesn't seem fair." Yeah. At the last VMAs, uh, that's the MTV Video Music Awards, they gave two like iconic, you know, for their their length of their career awards. They gave one. To uh, sh- Puffy or P Diddy, whoever you want to call him, and this week Diddy. And uh, so Shakira puts on this insane performance. She's using every muscle in her body, going from thing to thing, running around at one point, like dancing with knives. And then it's Puff Daddy's eventual ter- P Diddy's turn to go out there and essentially walk around and lazily talk in a microphone. Yep, and yep. I just go, this is the lowest bar for yeah. a human ever. Yeah, he was, was the bad. original mumble rapper, for sure. It's hard to see that you're not around. I know you're in heaven looking down. Oh, <laughs> nailed it. God. Nailed he was it. just known for throwing like his famous white parties in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Famous just, what? Yeah, I do that and the I can call the racist. Parties. But he did. He can. <laughs> like you wear all white. It's not and fair. Go you wear all white. 
Oh, I only I thought we only oh, that kind of no. It's party. it's white linen parties. Mm-hmm. You've never been to a white party, Tom. Come I on. don't go to parties. Believe me, <laughs> they're very. They're you very... don't want me at your party. I have a toddler. I'd show up in a white linen mixed with ketchup party. We <laughs> <laughs> live in Minnesota. Like. We're not walking around wearing white here. No. It's just not happening. No. The, the nice slush accent to our yeah. I went to uh, one calves. in San Miguel de Allende. It was really fun. Same. Yeah. What the, I don't even know where that is. I don't even know Mexico, where to begin. Central Mexico. <laughs> the white party, huh? Yeah. But there then also, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, people are now recirculating that he wants to run for, not that he wants to, but it's rumored that he's thinking about it. Do you have any inside scoop? I do, actually. I wrote an article on this. So um, he has admitted that he has been approached by both parties to run for office. And they approached him in 2021, right around there, when he just sort of like talked about politics and that he had an interest in it, not necessarily about running. And he just realized, he said, my girls are too young. I really screwed it up with my oldest daughter um, by not being around enough. I don't feel like now is the right time for me to run um, because I really want to be there for my family. However, he was just on Joe Rogan the other day Mm -hmm. and he made some very specific comments. um, First of all, saying that, you know, he has friends who support Trump and he's got friends who are who support Joe Biden. And then Joe Rogan's like, well, do they really support Biden? He's like, well, no, they support the party. So it's kind of right. interesting because he did endorse Joe Biden in 2020. Oh. And this is what sort of like opens the window of like, could he consider a third party run if someone really said like, hey, this is a good idea because nobody likes Trump. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Who's going to step up and be that that third party who's going to be the Ross Perot to kind of like make this an interesting um, race. And it's not going to be RFK Jr. Not going to happen. He's running as an independent. Nobody cares. But if the rock runs, people pay attention. No, they would definitely pay attention. There's no question. I still think he's toying with it, even though he says like he's bowing out for family reasons. I I think he's, it's still bouncing around in his head. Yeah. I don't know. Biden was, who the hell he was, he was, pumping somebody up as being the, a great candidate for president. Was that Gavin Newsom? Oh, it's Gavin uh, Newsom. Is, okay. Of course. We all know that right. if for some reason Joe Biden cannot run, Gavin Newsom is the heir apparent. It is not Kamala Harris. Really? Which probably stinks for her because she's also California. But it's why Gavin Newsom is running billboards in Florida. Oh, is he really? DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's running them against DeSantis? It's DeSantis. How because is they're running. They're bantering about the whole political theater, Disney situation. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because we have Disneyland. They have, you know, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. But it's all political theater, of course. But he is setting the stage. If it's not in 2024, it's for 2028. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. I, I, I don't know. It, hey, apparently if if Donald Trump and Joe Biden can be president, anybody can be president. So there you go. We got to remember, Kristen was around when... Jesse was elected governor. That's yes, right. She was. was. She worked for Jesse. Yes, she did. So we have her to blame. Yeah, we I've do. got like literally anybody. I'm like my cat would do a better job though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the country. I don't like the way that London falls on tax reform. So get her out. <laughs> she of would here. be like naps every day. I mean, <laughs> she would be like snack time as often as possible. Listen. The last thing we need is the government stalling more for cat naps, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> Just laying out for in the a sun. 10 hour cat nap. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, Tom right. just left. I don't know why. Yeah, is there anything? Uh, is there anything else going on in your world that we need to be aware of? Um, well, just so you guys know, a lot of the shows that ABC finally kind of announced when they're coming back with their midseason replacements, we already have CBS, and they're doing it right after the Super Bowl. ABC is a little bit later. It's going to be mid-February to early March for a lot of their shows. I mean, Grey's Anatomy is not coming back until March. So you can just kind of get a feel for mm -hmm. how disruptive these strikes actually were and how long production is going to take to get back up and rolling. Um, even um, 911 um, with Rob Lowe, which yeah. is the, the Reno one, isn't it? Not the Reno one. The, Vegas? Um, which one? Is it Vegas? It's not Vegas. Hold on. It's the Lone Star. Okay, yeah, Lone Star. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, that was the number one drama. How That's not coming that? back until next TV season, until mm. fall 2024. Jeez. They can't get it up and running in time because Rob Lowe has Unstable with his son on Netflix yeah. in first position, and they're filming season two. So it's crazy to see how all of these actors are juggling it. So, yeah. well. And I know last, or what was it, earlier this week, you were saying that you, now that everything's kind of getting back into the swing, you have a ton of press interviews and stuff that you're doing. Who's the most interesting person you've talked to recently that uh, surprised you or that is interesting enough to tell us? Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I, I actually, and I don't know, I'm, I know that like Officer Dave, the guys aren't watching this show, but I interviewed Brian Bird and he is the showrunner for When Calls the Heart on Hallmark <laughs> Channel which is going into its 11th season. This show is, the people are so passionate about it. They literally like eat, breathe, sleep this show, It's which is coming back on Hallmark for season 11 sometime in 2024. But he was just really talking about how they want to expand the universe. And we were talking a little bit about Yellowstone and what Taylor Sheridan has done with Paramount Plus and that's kind of the idea of what they want to do with the Hallmark version of this show. And I think it's kind of interesting only because it's the type of show that leans into uh, the creator used to do Touched by an Angel. He works okay. with Michael Landon Jr., who obviously his dad worked on Little House on the Prairie. So there's kind of this like resurgence of like just feel good, um, no politics type of shows. And I, I was kind of fascinated to see what he has in store for the Hardys, as they call themselves. They're like the Swifties, but they're the Hardys for homework. There you have it, ladies. Another brilliant report, I thought. Thank you. All right. Go run for president. Go run for president. I'm going to stay in my closet. I've got another interview coming up in a moment. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Chris and Bert, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a break. Be right back. Very special guest. I mean, Josh Arnold in studio, but a very special guest on the phone right after this, too. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused. Wait, they don't know anything about us. Our staff, our reputation, most importantly, our customers. Hey, pal, no problem. We do them all over the country. You know, get the manager off the roof sale, inflatable gorilla sale, and our favorite, the 13-hour sale with a giant clock that goes to 13. Urgency, baby. We bring our crew because, well, your people are, let's just say, a little uh, laid back. And the pricing? Nothing special, sport. But Jim thought, we price competitively every day. Our prices are special. We definitely don't need these guys. But sale does convey some urgency, so we made a bold decision for his fine dealerships. Announcing the Valley Buick GMC 365-day sale. 
And we can even extend it a couple years or so. I got the Air Dancer guy, scratch-offs, plastic keys, bubble machine, fire. Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley or Hastings or valleycardealers.com. Hurry. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years, but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now, stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this, at Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Brittany's here. Josh Arnold's in studio. We got Tevin. We got Officer Dave. We got Andy. And we got... See, I've never called you meat sauce. What, do I have to call you meat sauce? You call me whatever you want. I think you've only called me Pauly. I think you and my mom are the only people left who call me Pauly. I appreciate it. I've been calling you Pauly since you were 16 years old. You are correct, sir. Yes, Paulie the whole time. I think you only call me that. I do. That's that's Paulie. I mean, meat sauce is good. And somebody told me they called you that because you ate some spaghetti sauce. So you were meat sauce from that point on. Yeah, I've been meat sauce since I was, I think, 2006. So I'm a 41-year-old named meat sauce. I don't think Paul Lambert would have made it in the uh, radio business with that boring. <laughs> really? It's too boring? I think it's way too boring. Paul Lambert's boring. Meat sauce has, a, has, a, has an edge to him. He's kind of like Jaws. You don't know where he goes or what he does. <laughs> Paul Lambert sounds like like you could be president of the meat. United States, though. Okay, somebody, yeah, somebody took the name like Meat so now he has to be Meat Even if they oh. put, turn your mic down, down toward you, and then it'll... If he even uh, can. Well, if, well, I think that way is the way you can do it. There, there you go. We there go. we go. Perfect. Perfect. Look at Kevin. Kevin's jumping all over it. Yeah, I'm, got, a, I'm a professional. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Here we go. I'm no meat sauce, but yeah. There you go. I think I was just going to say meatloaf was taken. That's why it's meat sauce. Well, I like it. I've been called meatloaf. I've gotten emails from people that are like, "Are you meatloaf?" Or a lot of the times when I meet 
fans' wives or something other, you know, they're like, "Are you the meatloaf guy?" I'm like, "No, I think he passed away." Yes, he did. Yeah. Who gave you that name? Uh, superstar Mike Morris. I I thought so. I <laughs> I was I was listening to the fan when he gave the. I love Mike Morris, man. I Did think he's. Really? I, oh yeah. Yeah. He, God, I haven't yeah, seen him yet. Uh, super Mike or Super uh, Star Mike Morris. He tried to give me the name um, Bombshell, and it just didn't stick. And I was very thankful for that. It was a very odd. He was. Mm. Uh, you know how like someone says a neat, like a nickname, and you just hope there's nobody else in the room to hear yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. why is it that I have a different life than all the rest of people? Oh, I like this guy. I like this guy. He did this. He did this. Took me for about seven grand once. <laughs> wow. Why? Every time. Every time. It's unbelievable. Because you have the seven grand to get oh, taken okay. from you, whereas, <laughs> yeah, whereas he could he could have taken me for about seven dollars. Yeah, I was going to lift weights with him. I said, hey, "What the hell? I can pay him." Gave me one lesson. Never saw him again. Jesus. And I haven't talked really? to him since then either. Yeah. Uh, so there's your guy. Yeah. So yeah. I guess what? Well, it's not like I see him every day. No, that's true. No. And sauce. Is it true that? He gave you that nickname because you were in, I don't know if it was the Vikings press box or Wolves press box, but you were eating all of the free spaghetti? No, so the true story is, is when oh, I was an intern at the fan, um, I would go over to a restaurant off 394 that's no longer there called Majors. And my whole thing was, one of my jobs is to order all the food for the Vikings games, and then I would have to bring it back to the studio. And I, one of the guys ordered a sandwich and on the top of the sandwich it had a container that looks like something you'd put like bacon and it just said meat sauce on top of it so i brought it all into the studio to give it to him and i said to the guy I said here's your sandwich here's your meat sauce and he said i didn't order that well morris kind of chuckled at it and you know, i'm you know i'm i'm a radio guy for a reason i thought well if Morris laughs at me, then maybe he'll let me be on the morning show with him. Yeah, there so you I go. would come back like every 15 minutes and I'd be like, does anybody need anything? And they'd be like, what? No. And then behind my back, I would have the meat sauce. I'd be like, does anybody want any meat sauce? Like three months later, I saw him in the hallway and he's like, you're now meat sauce. I'm like, okay, that's my name. And that's been the way since like 06. That's how it should be. And again, I went with Paulie. When you were 16 years old. So 25 years ago, I gave you the right name, Paulie. Yeah, Paulie is the correct name. That's my mom and Tom call me, and that's it. So, yeah. <laughs> so you call me Paulie. My own dad go. calls me meat sauce. Does he? Yeah, that's right. We went to dinner. He was calling you meat sauce the whole time. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, I just talked correct. about that dinner you, you and Mark Rosen and Studwell and I had with your father. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was. Wonderful time. It was a great time, no question about it. So what else you got cooking, Pally? Well, I probably, I, you and I have talked about this. You don't take naps. I don't know how you don't. I'm going to probably take a nap here in the next half hour and then uh, probably, I don't know, hang out, smoke a tie stick or two, and then go to bed. <laughs> what a life you <laughs> I got. was just going to say, <laughs> holy buckets. <laughs> Sounds like a great way to spend the rest of your day. Also, Sauce, I just wanted I mean, to say. Friday. Yeah. Uh, I also, because I'm an avid listener to your show on KFan when I'm driving in in the morning, and I just want to say that I will never forgive Chris Hockey for screwing you over in the initials game when he called you out oh, for man. saying Fran Tarkington. Hockey's my guy, man. I love hockey. I joke about it now because, like, Corey would have let, like, anyone else say Fran Tarkington, but mm -hmm. uh, if I say it, they like to get on top of me. 
yeah, I, it was it was a fun moment. It, it's what makes the show so good. All right, go hit the sack. At what time do you get up? Uh, Four ten. Yeah, see, there you go. That's the big difference. I still never took because you know, I used to get up at about the same time, a quarter. At, well, actually, for a long time, I got up a quarter after three, which is a real thrill. And by the way, you will never ever get over that. Now that you've been getting up at four o'clock or five o'clock or whatever the hell of time, you're never ever going to get over that. It'll be in your head for the rest of your life. No, it's like you once told me. You just get tired of being tired. So yeah. here we are at forty-one. So yeah. So yeah. So a nap is in place for me today. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get together and have a little dinner again. What he's saying. Say uh, say out of Rosie for me. I will. You're the absolute best, Tom. No, you, Pally. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Paul Lambert, not meat sauce. Paul <laughs> Lambert. Paul Lambert. And he really does, because I'll listen to K-Fan on my drive-in, mm-hmm. and every once in a while, they'll, if they mention... Sure all the people at KS95 and uh, my talk are real happy to hear yeah, that. They can... Whatever. They, uh, They're paying the bills. Well, that's fine. There's, <laughs> you can just... Whatever. You can listen to whatever you want. But anyway, I was going to say, he loves you, because anytime like a name of Bernard gets brought up, he always goes... Oh, Tommy under his breath. Oh, and so, yeah, Paulie so, no, does yeah, it. He, he loves it. He brings oh, Paulie, it and I have, Paulie and I have been best friends for 25 years. Yeah. He's just a great guy. He's a really, really nice man. Yeah. And I'll say I only listen to the fan when the commercials, oh, try to, when the commercials try are to running on Score North. Story. Then I'll listen I'll to get called into Jenny Hubbard's <laughs> office today because of you. Fire Tevin. And have to get rid of Tevin. There's no question about it. But. He's just yeah. checking out the competition. Exactly. <laughs> you got to stay current. You got to stay current. So, Josh, one of the things we're going to we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, then we're going to come back and do the uh, the family show. But I keep hearing that interest rates are going to get better. They are better. They already are better. But the long been... the longer term interest rates are better. They've come down significantly Glad in the last 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 two weeks. I mean, you have the two year two year rate is under five percent. You have the 10-year rate, which a lot of people watch, has gone from 5% to 4.4% mm-hmm. in the last uh, week and a half. Uh, at some point, the Federal Reserve, which maneuvers short-term rates, uh, is going to go complete on pause uh, and then probably start cutting rates on the belief that the economy is a little bit weaker uh, and inflation is under control, but inflation still has not hit their two percent target. So until inflation yeah. hits their two percent target, short-term interest rates are going to be on the higher side. Not short-term and, being what? Short-term in anything under a year are going oh, to be on, okay. on, the, on the higher side, um, and then longer-term rates, which the market sets will fluctuate, but they've been fluctuating more on the downside. Now, as interest rates come down, bond values go up a little bit. Uh, So that has been a nice boost for the bond market. With interest rates down, bond prices have been moving up. Now, I am not a bond uh, buyer, uh, nor am I a bond owner, nor do I recommend investing in in bonds uh, to any of my clients. If you're looking for complete safety, go to cash and earn money market interest mm-hmm. uh, because that's always been part of my um, asset allocation that I've used for clients of keeping up to 30% in cash and the balance invested in uh, in stocks. I like 
stocks, particularly that are internet related, leisure related, we'll say China related, and real asset related, such as it's backed by real estate. Um, but not a bond buyer, but right now the stock market has been, we'll say, uh, married to the 10-year and two-year treasury rate. Mm -hmm. So as they move up or down, that has had, a, had an effect on the, on the stock market, as well as what Fed governors have been, been saying. Um, so I look and say, okay, the Fed has been trying to bring down inflation, and there's been some, we'll say, collateral damage to that, in that right now, uh, judging from earnings that have been coming out, uh, this week has been very heavy in the retail arena. Uh, the retailers have, and that's not across the board, we'll just call a few select retailers, have said, you know, consumers seem to be cutting back on certain types of consumption. Um, Walmart said, well, there's been a little bit of cutbacks that we have seen recently, although Walmart... Uh, now, Walmart had mixed results when they they reported. Uh, Target reported uh, their earnings were better because shrinkage was a lot lower mm -hmm. and they had less around in, in inventory, but they noticed and they're not looking for a great uh, Christmas season. On the other hand, Gap stores, big business, uh, and they're projecting stuff higher. So they've had a little change going on. Uh, Macy's did better than expected, but I'm not running out to, to Macy's. Yeah. Um, uh, TJ Maxx, which has TJ Maxx and Marshall's, very good quarter. So, and then Ross Stores, similar type of uh, merchandiser to TJ Maxx, also did very well. So you've just seen a change in where people are spending money. So that's just on, we'll call it straight up retail, retail spending. But if I look at where people are actually spending some money in we'll call it travel and leisure, then you'd say, oh, well, the economy is still pretty good in that area. People still want experiences. They may not be going and getting new underwear, but they're traveling, they're going to, oh, don't need new underwear, but we're going to go to Las Vegas this weekend to see the Formula One races. And while we're in Las Vegas, we're going to sell, sell, stay at Caesars Palace or Wynn Resorts or one of the MGM properties, and we're going to spend money on food, drink, we'll gamble a little bit, we'll watch the uh, Formula One race, race. And how do we pick this, this place? Well, we were either on bookings.com, also known as Priceline, or Expedia. Uh, um, so money is being spent spent that way. Oh, we don't want to spend stay at a hotel? Yeah. We'll call, we'll check out the website of Verbo or Airbnb and book, book that way. So people are spending money on experiences, not necessarily spending money on, on underwear. We shall take a break. Be right back in about five minutes. So uh, think about this. I think the top rate I heard in the past year for larger loans was like nine over 9%. Was that correct? Couldn't tell you. Oh, you don't pay attention to that kind of thing? No, I'm not taking out any longer-term longer, longer term loans. If I am taking out a loan, I'd, I'd look at the mortgage rates. Yeah. And mortgage demand 
has finally kicked back up as mortgage mortgage uh, mortgages have come below eight percent. So they're below eight now. But Correct. I was at what seven seven something like that. Yeah, but they they yeah. had gone up a little above eight eight percent, which yeah. slowed down yeah. uh, mortgage demand. Now with now it's coming down, and that's that's a boost for housing. And there's tremendous demand for housing. I like it. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Kick off the family with Josh Arnold. 